to Deep Creek Baptist Church uh, on a beautiful fall Sunday morning. Um, we don't have any listed on the bulletin. Are there any birthdays or anniversaries? Does anybody have a birthday? Go ahead, James. Ten wonderful years ago, October 29th, she allowed me to be her husband. Okay. Uh -huh. Best year she's ever had. <laughs> Now you sound like me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I don't have an anniversary song, so you get to stand up and sing it. <laughs> Are there any other anniversaries of birthdays? All right. Uh, I'm going to open us in prayer and then we'll continue with the service. Uh, most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the many mercies and the blessings that you bestowed upon us this week. Lord, we ask you to allow us to put aside all the cares and worries of this world for the next little while and allow us to fellowship and worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies. Lord, we love you. We ask you to take over this service. Fill us with your spirit so that we can walk out into a dark world and be the light you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, our next hymn is 225, There is Power in the Blood. And without the blood, there is no remission of sin.
Once again, good morning. It's time for praises, prayer requests, announcements. Um, the ladies' circle and the men's group will be having a short meeting after the church today. There's soup and sandwiches, so come and join us. Uh, we'll be talking about the fall festival. Um, October the 30th, everything for Samaritan's Purse needs to be in. The list of needs is in the foyer. We will not have a trunk or treat this year. Um, You'll notice that it says November the 6th, Veterans Day Tribute. Uh, change that to the 13th. Uh, uh, there's a conflict of interest on the 6th, or conflict, I wouldn't say of interest, there is a conflict of scheduling. And so we're going to move that tribute to the 13th. Um, November the 6th, uh, they will pack the Christmas boxes with the kids and have a pizza after the service. So bring the kids in. If you want to stay, you can stay and help pack those good those Samaritan boxes to uh, Christmas boxes. And they'll have pizza. It'll be a great time. Uh, the 12th will be our fall festival. The main menu is going to be chicken bog. There's some other things that's got to be worked out. Um, also, there'll be some gospel singing. Invite people to come join us from 12 to 2. Uh, we... Uh, We'll have a good time. It, it'll be a great day. I'm sure the weather's going to cooperate. Every time we've had a fall festival, we've always had perfect weather, and I don't expect it to be any different. Um, so come out. Have a good time. You can relax. Playgrounds out there. Let the kids enjoy and run and burn off some energy and uh, get to enjoy some chicken bogs, some fellowship, and uh, some music. So uh, it'll be a great day. Are there any other announcements? There you go. There you go. And well, happy anniversary late. Yeah. Um, any other any other announcement? Are you going to stand up and sing happy anniversary? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you want to have a with the mountains today. <laughs> uh, uh, it, I think James has started a tradition. On your anniversary, you got to stand up and sing happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, that, that's just too funny. Uh, any other announcement? Praises and prayer requests. Um, there, there are a lot of people on this prayer list we need to uh, pray for. Um, any updates, additions? Test results, people to put on. Uh, I uh, go ahead. Uh, this is a praise report. Um, this lady in Quail Haven that's uh, quite close to. Um, I've been going over and helping her out a little bit, and she was quite a bit better yesterday. Good. Amen. Yes, and it's uh, just a matter of attention and. Yeah. You know, Amen. Me, me giving my time. Amen. Amen. I want to put a prayer request in for the grandson of Ken and Jacqueline Richardson. His name is Noah. And he has had RSV and pneumonia. He's a newborn. Um, and so he's been in the hospital now for a couple of weeks. And um, he's Okay. Um. On that line, Cooper come home. He had RSV. You know, he's a couple of weeks old. So, yep. Yeah. Terry. Okay. All right. Any other? Pray for me for a lot of things in my life and also um, pray for 
certainly was losing weight. Um, I've had blood work done, and they say I'm pre-diabetic. So I'm trying to lose weight so I don't become diabetic. Okay. All right. Pray for Vince. They found a uh, growth on his vocal cords, and he's going in for emergency surgery surgery Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. And I also have a praise. We've been praying for my niece, Lauren Gorski, for about eight months. She's been on this um, uh, prayer request list, and I was in Chicago last week. She had gone to the doctor, and she's got a clean slate, so Amen. the cancer's gone. Amen. Any other? Yes, sir. Definitely praise for the Roberts family. Okay. We made it through COVID. Amen. Glad to be back. Amen. Amen. Uh, any other? It's good to see you, by the way. Yeah, all of y'all. <laughs> it's going to be free. Do what? It's going to be out of the house. I hear you. <laughs> get, get cabin figure for real quick. Any other? Praises. I got a praise. Um, yesterday, I uh, spent pretty much all day in Fayetteville. Two ball games. One was at ten. One was at four. And uh, Tatham and them played at ten o'clock. And uh, and so, make a long to get short. Gets toward the end of the game. Uh, I had been on the other side of the field taking notes of how many players played and the downs they played. And once we finished that, and everybody completed it. Me and the guy that I was working with, we went across the field to our side, and I was sitting on the bench because I was not hopping the fence to get over to the stand. And uh, so I'm sitting on the bench, and this little fella comes over, and he had hurt his finger, and he got stepped on. And so I was talking to him, and they had a play. And uh, this kid, Keenan, was fixing to tackle one of his opponents. And Keenan was on our side. And uh, another kid come from out of nowhere, and it was – one of them, uh, I guess you call a decleater. I mean, it laid Keenan out on his back, knocked the breath out of it. And so the coaches go over there. All the kids get on their knees. And uh, one of the ladies that's on Tatham's team, she's a nurse. She hopped that fence like she was hurtling. Out there she goes. And uh, 
Anyway, long story short, the little boy that was sitting with me starts crying. I said, what's the matter? He said, I don't want my teammate to be hurt. He said, what can we do? I said, let's pray. So we held hands and we prayed. And uh, by the time we got through with that, by the time I got through with my prayer, you know, I'm a pastor. So there's no such thing as a short prayer. Uh, they were bringing Keenan over to the sidelines. He was well. And they called Maddox. He had to go in. And, uh, but before he went, he put his helmet on. I helped him buckle it. He said, thanks, Papa, Taters, Papa. Then <laughs> out he run, you know. Uh, so you never know when the opportunity to serve is going to be. And you never know what the age group is. And so if you can pray with a, with a six, five and six-year-old, listen, you can pray with an adult. Easy. Because five and six-year-olds, you've got to keep their attention. You know, it's like herding cats. And so, but he, he, he squeezed my hand, went to the right places. And so, uh, uh, there is parents out there that are raising their children. There are children out there that are young, that are starving for the Word of God. And that's our responsibility. That's why we're here. Like I preached last Sunday. That's why we're here. We are here to be a light unto the world. This church has got to take the light off of the, out from under the basket and let it shine. We're supposed to be the beacon on the hill. The lighthouse in the storm. That's what we're supposed to be. And we're going to be that. We already are. We just don't realize it. Think about, we have all these lights shining in different directions. What happens when we focus it? And it becomes a beam. And people follow that beam. And that's what we're in the process of doing. We've been in the process for doing that for a while. And so uh, keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. It, it is showing every one of us has an opportunity to share Christ every day. And then sometimes we get the opportunity to actually speak. Our lives should be there. Any other praises and prayer requests? Yes, sir. Yes, I have. She is back in Honduras, um, and she is um, working back in the in the uh, in the ministry there in the government, and she is trying to uh, find her a job in the United States because uh, she doesn't have a problem getting a visa. She just needs to find her a place so she can get back to the states. She lived the last six and a half years in Washington D.C., and so. Uh, she wants to come back to the United States, rightfully so. She's fluent in Spanish, she's fluent, she's fluent in Arabic, she's fluent in Spanish, and she's fluent in English. Uh, very smart girl. Um, so anyway, I have been in contact with her, and uh, she told me, she said, I'm back here starting over, trying to find a place to live, all this stuff. So, you know, after six years, her and her mama being in the States, now her and her mama are back in, in Honduras. So, um, anyway... Uh, keep her in your prayers. Her name is Doris. And uh, uh, I stay in contact with her and uh, we'll see how things go. Any other praises, prayer requests? If none, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we ask you to bless our time together. Lord, we ask you to lift up each one of those that were mentioned on the prayer list. Lord, the, the little baby Noah who has um, RSD, we ask you Lord to intervene into that situation. We know that all of the things that we're going through and the trials that we're facing, and a lot of folks seem to think that these things come from sin. They don't. They're afflictions. We're not above being afflicted. The apostles were afflicted with certain things. It wasn't sin. It was cause us to focus on Christ. Lord, we love you. And we know that you don't do anything to hurt us. Everything is to help us. Lord, we ask you to guide this service. Forgive us of our sins. And may all we do honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you please stand, our offertory hymn is page 473, Just a Closer Walk with Thee.
for all your many blessings. We ask that you continue to watch out for our church, our church members. Watch out for all those that are mentioned on our prayer list. Lord, we praise you for all the things you do, the things we can see and we cannot see. You're all powerful, Lord. We know that. We put our, um, our lives in your hands. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all the things, again, that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Once again, good morning. If you uh, have your Bibles, if you will turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Uh, we'll talk today about proving the issues at hand that we have today that were still, uh, that were the same issues that were at hand during the Apostles' time. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of history leading into this. That uh, originally the book of Luke and the book of Acts were one book with two chapters or two two books uh, because Luke wrote them both, and uh, and there was a whole lot of things in the beginning that they thought that this book wasn't Luke, and then was written a hundred years after Christ and. Come to find out over the years that it was contemporary. It was written as an eyewitness. And so uh, nobody doubts the validity of both. Now, uh, there are some different things that we can go into that uh, maybe one day when we decide to study the book of Acts on a Wednesday night we can get into. But today I'm, is not the time for me to get there. Um, there are three things that I want you to understand today. Uh, the infallible proofs uh, of who Christ is, the instructions the, that was given, and the interlude explained. And so I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1 and we'll go to verse 8. And, and I'm reading from a different translation today because I think this one makes the most sense. Uh, so, it's the same one I used when the lady on the airplane uh, watched me write my sermon. So, uh, I'm using it today kind of uh, for that reason. It just makes it a little bit simpler. Uh, it says, I wrote the first narrative, Theolopolis, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them uh, by many uh, convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 
while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you, will, uh, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods uh, that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. Let us pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I ask you to open these verses up to us. Give us the understanding to understand that not only was he talking to those apostles then, he's talking to us now. These are our marching orders. These are the things that you've called us to do. Lord, we love you and we just ask you to open this up to us and give us a greater understanding of your word. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The infallible proofs. In verse 3, it says, After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them for over a period of 40 days about the kingdom of God. He appeared to him. The first proof we have, we celebrate every April. The empty tomb. We have sunrise services. We gather early in the morning at sunrise and we celebrate the fact that the, the stone was rolled back and the tomb was empty, that Christ had arose from the dead, that he was not in there. Today there is still a group of people who believe that Matthew... Mark, Luke, John, and the rest of them stole the body. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time of the Sanhedrin could not admit that he was the Christ, so they started paying people to spread this rumor. Remember how corrupt they are. That corruption has lasted today. Today you have people who will not believe that the tomb was empty. They won't. They, don't, they believe the book of the Bible is an archaic book full of fairy tales. They believe it is superstition. They believe it is anything but the unadulterated truth of God. That's why they go about their lives living the way they live. That's why they're confused about things that God has ordained from the beginning. And they would have you believe that because everybody in the world believes it, it's true. Well, if I start a thing and I tell you that Friday is now October, instead of Friday, we're going to call it October. And everybody in the world decides to get on that, band, on that bandwagon, does that mean Friday is now October? No. October's a month. Friday's a day. But, but it's because they believe it, they would have you believe that that's the truth. Just because everybody accepts it. So there's a lot of things that's happening in society today that is not true. Because just because, and they will pressure you and say, well, everybody believes this so. Like your children coming home. I need a cell phone. Why do you need a cell phone? Everybody's got one. No, everybody don't have one. And I'll be honest with you. Every child don't need a cell phone. Um, excuse me. They're distracting. Now there's a time and a place for them to have it, but it ain't all day. And it ain't all night. Anyway, uh, and then the other proofs we have, the appearance of Christ that tells us that he appeared to them over a period of 40 days speaking with them about the kingdom of God. It also talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15.6. 1 Corinthians 15.6 says, uh, and this is Paul. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Now you have collaboration in a different place. Of the fact that Jesus appeared to them. Is there anybody that doubts that Jesus rose from the dead? Is there anybody that doubts that he appeared to his apostles over a period of 40 days? No. We know that. We believe that. We've accepted who Christ is. We come to that understanding because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which these apostles had not received yet. 
At once they have received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or the baptizing of the Holy Spirit, they have it forever. Once you accept Christ, at the moment that you freely, really accept Christ, you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. You have the same Spirit that indwelled Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul. We have the power. That same power is in us. If we prayed earnestly and if we committed ourselves, what did they do? They raised people from the dead. Why? For God's glory. Not one of the apostles took the glory of that. We have the ability to heal diseases. Why? For God's glory, not ours. We here have a prayer system in this church that people get healed. Somebody puts their name on the prayer list, this church prays for them, and they have healing. God's glory. Not one soul in here is taking credit for that. We have laid hands on people that weren't even here and prayed for them on a Wednesday night. They were in the hospital with a stroke and recognized nobody. We prayed for them on a Wednesday night and on Sunday morning they were sitting in the pews. We prayed for people that had been in the hospital with, 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 with all kinds of ailments. We prayed for them in a few days they're home or a week or so they're home. We need to pray for the lost like we pray for those that are sick. We do. We don't need to give up the way we pray for the sick. We just need to add the way we pray for the law. And in verses 4 and 5, we get into the place where the, the instructions are given. It says, verse 4, it says, While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, You have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. He told them to wait. There's reasons to wait. He told them not to leave Jerusalem. He wanted them to obey the promise of the Father. To wait for the promise of the Father. That's what he was telling them. Jesus knew that they uh, really could do nothing effective for the kingdom until the Spirit came. We're called not to wait upon human power and rely upon it. We're called to rely upon the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's what we're called to do. That's why we pray. That's why we read the Word of God. That's why we have devotions in our own homes. That's why we study in our own home. So that we be prepared. To wait means that it is it was something worth waiting for. And to wait means that they had a promise to come. They were told it would come. Christ told them the promise from God is coming in a few days. To wait means that they must receive it. They couldn't create it themselves. That gift of the Holy Spirit is not something that is made by man. It's made by God. It's part of the triune God. Where did Jesus say he was building his church? Where? In the hearts of men. And we worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three of them tied together at the same time. All three of them different jobs to do at the same time. And so, it was something they couldn't. To wait means that they would be tested by waiting. At least a little. For some of us, we don't have the patience to wait. I'm guilty of that. I cannot stand to stand in line and wait. And I can thank my government for that. You've never had to be out there in the rain, standing outside waiting to eat. They're going to have something you got to do at 9 o'clock and you got to start at 4 o'clock that morning. And you're standing out there in the cold. Can't do anything. And you have to stand in line to get three meals a day. And by the time you get in and sit down and get to eat, it's time for you to get out. And you got to eat going to turn the plate in. That's why most soldiers eat fast. Because if they don't, they ain't getting it. And, and, and so you're being tested to wait. It's a test. 
When God calls us to something, sometimes we have to wait. When He gives us a vision, sometimes we have to wait. When we ask Him to do something for us, we're used to living in a drive-by society. Drive-through. What happens when you go, when you go to the to drive-through at the Quick Burger, whatever it is? What do you do? I, I can tell you, I told you it was last Sunday about, or Wednesday about having to pull forward. Why is it a drive-through if you got to pull forward? And I didn't do good. I refused to pull forward. I told them they could either give me my money back or my food. <laughs> I'm getting my manager. Get your manager. I didn't move. I got my food, but I was kind of afraid to eat it after that. But you know, uh, I was, and I had. To, and as soon as I pulled off, I realized, boy, you're wrong. You're wrong. But it proved a point. And my little buddy was with me. They just went talking to here. He said, Papa, you're wrong. <laughs> when, a, when a five-year-old tells you you're wrong, you're wrong. I told him, I said, I know. He said, you need to pray. I said, I am. <laughs> uh, but he commanded them to wait because God had gave them a promise. We need to wait. We need to learn to wait and listen to God. It shows that in the promise of the Father, it shows that we would we should wait, not just wait as in we're distracted, but with eager anticipation. When we ask God to do something, we should be eagerly awaiting with the anticipation to see how it turns out. Most of the time we pray for something that don't happen right then, and we're all pouty. Why ain't the Lord answering my prayers? Well, He is. Why is He not doing it right this minute? Because His time is not yours. It's not mine. His time is perfect. Mine is not. And the promise belongs to all of His children. This promise of waiting for the Spirit belongs to all of the children. Once we have accepted Christ and we have indwelled with the Holy Spirit, we have that Spirit in us. That's, our, that's what we have. We have the spiritual power that they had. We can do the spiritual things that they did. The reason we don't is because, number one, it's in a position to either we are trying to glean the glory, or two, we're not prepared spiritually to deliver or receive it. See, he had them wait. He had them wait. And they stuck together for 40 days. What did they do? They prayed. They sang hymns. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. And it said then, we know in the story that fire came upon them. Felt like their heads were dancing on fire. And then they went out and 3,000 people were saved. Why don't we wait collectively? Pray for each other and go out and see how many people get saved. We need to make an effort in that. And that promise showed that it was something reliable and something that the Father Himself could fulfill. No one else could do it. We were given a spiritual power to be able to affect this world for His kingdom. That spiritual power is not something that we can brag about. It's not something that we can use. If you have been gifted to be able to lay hands on somebody and pray for them and they get healed, it's not for you to make money. It's not for you to receive glory and fame. It is for you to use for the kingdom. It's for you to use for the kingdom. The promise of the Father now becomes also the promise of the Son Jesus told them to wait, and they waited. The disciples asked him the final question before his ascension. He said uh, in verse 6, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of, to Israel at this time? And what did he tell them? What did he tell them? He told them no. It was the prophetic kingdom of Israel to come. He told them it was not for them to know the times that the fathers had set and the dates that the father had set. He had set them for a purpose. His purpose. And there's a lot. The Lord will you t with 
Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And this was a question that was asked many times before. Remember, the guy that betrayed him, he was wanting to know. They thought he was putting together an army to overthrow the Romans, to drive the Romans out. It was actually a reasonable question for them to ask because we ask today. So when is the Lord coming? There's nothing wrong with asking the question. We have to accept the answer. It's not for you to know. It's for God to know. And we will know, we will know when we look to the east and we hear the trumpet sound. We will know when we get called up ahead of that. We'll know. We won't be here. Can you imagine how TV would cover that today? When this kingdom gets called out of this earth. I mean, people everywhere caught up in the twinkling of an eye. There's going to be vehicles wrecking, people disappearing. People are going to sleep, they're going to wake up and somebody's going to be gone. People in the fields, people on airplanes. What are you going to do when you're in an airplane and the pilots are gone? And you're still there. Oh, well, you missed the boat. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? That's the biggest question. Is it written in the Lamb's Book of Life? He simply told them that the answer wasn't for them to know. And so when somebody asks you, when is God coming? Not for me to know. But I have a job to do until He comes. What's that? It's to tell you about Christ and His sacrifice and how you can have eternal life. And the decision of salvation is an eternal one. You can either accept it or reject it. That's up to you. But I want you to understand that if you reject it, you will spend eternity in hell, separated from God. And eternity is a long time. A long time. Think about the longest thing you know of time you know and then add to that. You can't comprehend eternity. Can't. But if you accept Christ truly, you ask Him to come and live in your life and be the Lord of your life and rule in your heart, you'll spend eternity with Him. In the new Jerusalem in heaven. Forever and ever. We'll sing praises. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a feast like you've never seen. We're going to go back. No pain. No sorrow. No handicapped places. No wheelchair ramps. No crutches. No physical therapy, no doctor's appointments, no medicine. No, there might be some doctors there, but they'll be singing praises too because they won't need to use their skills. Because everything will be perfect. We will have our glorified bodies. Think about that. Think about that. Glorified bodies. The roads are going to look like silk and gold. It's going to look like water, glass. The walls of that Jerusalem are going to be beautiful, gleaming. And the light that will be shining in there will be the glory of God. There won't be a night. It'll be His glory shining all the time. Isn't that amazing? And as wild as I can think about how good it's going to be, the Bible tells us I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And so, the next thing we get to is they ask, you know, and then you have the interlude explain the prophetic kingdom of Israel to come later and the power now for witnessing to the world in verses uh, 6 and 7 and 8. It says, So when they had came together, they asked the Lord. Uh, he said to them in verse 7, It's not for you to know the times or periods uh, that the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Think about that. That's what we're called to do. How did he end the book of Matthew? Isn't that the same thing? And here it is in the, in the eighth verse of the first chapter of Acts. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. We're called to be witnesses to the world. It's not for us to know. The Father will put on His own authority. He did that. In Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria to the ends of the earth. 
the progress of the spread of the gospel message in Jerusalem. And then they'll go to Judea and they'll go to Samaria. Listen at this, man. I want you all to listen to this. Christianity was nothing in the beginning. Nothing. They didn't have any dynamic speakers. They didn't have any electronic devices or anything to help propagate the Word of God. All they had was 12 little guys and people that were following Christ to start out. And they went around the world. And if you want to know the story of it, they started in Jerusalem. If you read Acts verses or chapters 1 to 7, that describes the gospel in Jerusalem. And then if you read Acts chapters 8 to 12, it speaks to the gospel in Judea and Samaria. And Acts 13 to 28 tells of the gospel to the end of the earth. Now remember, Acts ends with the Apostle Paul in Rome waiting to go before Caesar Nero. And we all know what Nero was. That's where Paul was at the end of the book of Acts. Jerusalem was there and it was where Jesus was executed at the word of an angry mob. What do we have going on today in our society? We have angry mobs trying to rule. If you don't agree with us, they start burning cities down. And then they go to Judea. And Judea rejected the ministry. And Samaria was regarded as a wasteland of impure half-breeds. That's what they thought. And in the uttermost parts of the earth, the Gentiles. The Gentiles were seen by some Jews of the day of nothing better than the fuel for the fires of hell. We are Gentiles. The Jews seen us as nothing better than firewood to stoke the fires of hell. Yet God wanted a witness sent to all these places and the Holy Spirit would empower them to do this work. Today, we have the same call. We have the same responsibility. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to go to all these places and to witness. Number one, with our actions. And number two, when necessary, we need to use words. So today, as you sit here, what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Are you indwelled and active with it? If you are, praise God. If you're not, today's the day to ask Him to come and restoke the fires in your heart. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, God bless you. If you don't, come talk to me immediately following this service or during this service. There is never a time for you not to accept Jesus Christ. And it is always appropriate. I don't care what religious service you in to raise your hand or get up and walk up here and say, I need God. And I'll guarantee you everybody in the place will pray for you. And no pastor will come down there and help you find him. And if you walk out this door today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you fall and tumble and you hurt yourself and you draw your last breath and your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Period. Nothing anybody can do about it. We'll pray for you. We'll cry for you. We'll mourn you at your funeral. But your eternity is set. You have to do it on this side of life. You have to do it while you have breath in your system. And so I just want to make sure that no one leaves this church without having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ so that if something happens to them and they reject them, they did that so not ignorantly, but on their own free will. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that not one soul will exit this building without accepting Christ today.
Their eternity is in your hands, Lord. We're about saving lives. It's you. We can't save a soul. Only you can. But we can preach the gospel. And we can love on them. And hopefully they see you through us. And decide it's something they want for themselves. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit go through and work We ask, Lord, that the people that you're working on with it can't find comfort until they come to a decision with you. Lord, I love you. Keep us safe and bless the food that we're going to have after this when we have our meeting. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you please stand, our offertory hymn is for... 34, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm enclosing him. Invitation.